Yes, indeed. And then there were four. What an amazing 2021 NCAA tournament. And now we are down to Baylor and Houston, which we already knew. And then as of Tuesday night, Gonzaga, which we expected, and UCLA that we did not exactly expect after another upset win over Michigan. Welcome in. It's the nation's college basketball show and podcast. It is college basketball coast to coast. I am the somewhat lucid, somewhat rested, somewhat capable host of the show, TJ Reeves. I've got guests coming up that are not only going to talk a little Final Four with me for 2021, but we have to. We must reminisce on this program, and we will be doing so on the 15th anniversary of the first team to make it all the way to the Final Four as a mid-major. The forerunner to the Loyola's of Chicago, to Wichita State or Virginia Commonwealth, et cetera, the George Mason Patriots. Can I possibly be this old that George Mason did that 15 years ago? The longtime voice of the Patriots, Bill Rowland, will be with me. And my wingman for so many years, including in that Final Four, on Sirius XM and et cetera, on this show on TuneIn on College Basketball Coast to Coast, is Ari Russell, who's now in New York City, by way, though, of Washington, D.C., D.C. native. We were around for all of this. I'm ready to talk to my guys about all of the George Mason stuff, the Final Four, and reminisce in a moment. Reminder again, however you found the show, social media link, et cetera, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. Also on TuneIn. Find us on TuneIn at the top and bottom of the hour on the Tag Sports Group channel. It streams for free, top and bottom of the hour on TuneIn, all through the Final Four, every day, a brand new show. All right, we've got all of that covered. Let me welcome in the guests. Uh, my pleasure again to say hello. It's like an alumni from the Sirius XM days to Bill Rowland, who has been the longtime voice uh, of the George Mason Patriots, and he is happy to raise a glass and celebrate the anniversary of them being in the Final Four on Final Four weekend. How are you, Billy? Good to have you. Yeah, thanks, TJ. Yeah, it's uh, it's amazing that it's been 15 years. I think we all have maybe uh, a little less hair and maybe a little more weight than we did 15 years ago, but still in fighting shape, you know? I, I love the fact that we have a video rolling, and I believe I see every memento from the 06 Final Four in the room where Bill Rowland is. That's tremendous that we're going to get to relive this with you, my friend. I love it. And you've got a Mason shirt on, I think. Too. That's I right. Yeah, this is uh, this is from uh, a few years ago when we went to Spain. I, I figured if I'm going to talk about it, I might as well dress everything up. The only thing you can't see in my background is this is kind of interesting. Just in the last year, I found on an auction site an actual game used ball from that final four <laughs> that I ended up purchasing because – those things never come up. So I was like, I got to have it. I got to have it. Luckily, I was the only one that really wanted it. So it didn't go for that much money. But I have it here sitting on a shelf over across the room. But yeah, this is uh, this is all now, Wait stuff. a minute. Wait, before we get to Ari Russell, my man, how do we know it's game used? Do they have like special marking? How do we know this when you're buying well, this it, online? It actually came from a guy who worked for the NCAA and lived in Indianapolis. He had a whole collection of stuff. So it's all authenticated and everything. So, yeah, it's, it's an official <laughs> game used ball. Oh, again, I love uh, the insight from all of my guests on college basketball, coast to coast. Ari Russell, Coach Ari, much love. I know we're looking forward to talking a bunch about George Mason in a few moments, but we now have a final four as well. First of all, how are things in uh, in your world, Coach Ari? Not bad, man. Getting settled into our new place. It feels like it's taken a while, but... Uh... You know, we're getting there, man. We're getting there. And, uh, you know, New York City is still kind of, you know, not New York fully as as we all know it. 
the city falls asleep around midnight now, which is crazy. I feel like I'm in like Bangor, Maine or something. But anyway, hopefully, you know, this is we all are kind of dealing with it in our own corners here. So, uh, sure. you know, uh, I, I'm, I'm just happy we have a final four this year. As of last year, we were we were robbed of, uh, you know, college basketball, like right at the end here. I'm surprised that we only really had one game canceled, uh, really. Uh, so that was nice. Uh, and, and now, now we're at the final four. Wow. It's, Let's just it's hope that it all holds together because you're right. As of right now, they had scheduled 64 games to this point. They played 63 of them. So it looks like we are going to get there, uh, with the final four. That's the voice of Ari Russell. Find him at Ari Russell on, uh, Twitter. Find Bill Rowland with the H R O H L A N D, uh, on Twitter as well. And I love the guys for coming on here with me. All right. So before we get to the reminiscing part, We've got to talk in the current, in the present day, about what happened on Tuesday night. Bill, you first. Gonzaga clobbered USC. So their march to the Final Four unbeaten is now complete to this stage. They got there undefeated uh, with that win. And then what in the name of John Wooden is going on? Because UCLA does it again. They beat the two-seed Alabama on Sunday night. They now knock off the number one seed Michigan. Bill, give me a couple of thoughts because it's fresh off of Tuesday. Yeah, I tell you what, I was completely wrong about the, the, the two games last night. I thought USC's length with the Mobley brothers, I thought for sure they would give – I thought Gonzaga would win. I didn't think they would run away from them like they did. I was figuring on, you know, the line was something like eight and a half. I was like, you know what? Wouldn't be a bad play to, to go ahead and take that eight and a half because I think they're going to keep it close. <laughs> Couldn't have been more wrong. On the other side, I thought Michigan was going to blow UCLA out because – I'm somewhat of an analytics guy, so I go on Ken Palm and look at his numbers and everything. And UCLA, of the teams that were left, by far the worst team offensively and defensively by the metrics. Well, throw the metrics out because they did exactly what they should have done against Michigan. That was slow things down, and they survived in the last minute of that game. Incredible run for Mick Cronin and the boys. Yeah, it's wild that they just ground down both Alabama and Michigan and found a way to beat them. Ari, what are your thoughts coming off of Tuesday night as we get a Gonzaga-UCLA national semifinal on Saturday? (laughs) Well, it's funny about Mick Cronin. I mean, before, you know, during the Pac-12 tournament, you know, people were calling for his head. I think he... uh, I think he lives to see uh, a lot more days ahead, you know, considering that's what they hire you for, to bring UCLA to the Final Four by hook or by crook or whatever it is. You know, they're, they're what a heck of a run. And, uh, you know, I've, I've seen Mick Cronin several times through the Big East tournament, through Cincinnati, and how he coaches. He's an intense guy. But I tell you what, when he gets his teams playing for him hard, they, they, they go, they will throw themselves in front of trains for this guy. I've seen it. I've seen it in the locker room and I've seen some of his Cincinnati teams actually um, overperform, I think, and, uh, you know, overperform expectations despite the talent. Uh, to me, this looks like similar to that, but he's, he's had a hell of a run. I mean, I also think the UCLA is going to get better talent than he was going to get at Cincinnati. Um, you know, obviously cause it's UCLA, it, it sells itself. Uh, but but he's a guy that if he can get his kids to, to really buy in and to play hard and they do, uh, you know, I, it, it doesn't come as a huge shock. And I'm happy for him because I always thought that he'd be a gracious kind of guy uh, and a guy that, uh, that that the players seem to love and respect. And he had, to, had mutual in both ways. Uh, one of, you know, 
Um, that, that's what I like to see guys like that go and win. And, and as much as I, I really appreciated what Juwan Howard has done, another guy who has exceeded all expectations that we had at Michigan. Uh, it's a shame they won't make the final four this year, but something tells me that Michigan, you don't got to worry about that program because it's in great hands with Juwan Howard. Yeah. And, and for Cronin, again, it's two years removed. It was this month, 24 months ago, where UCLA was bumbling around guys trying to figure out who was going to replace Steve Alford, who they had fired during the season and had been looking for basically two months. Couldn't hire John Calipari, couldn't hire Rick Barnes, couldn't hire Jamie Dixon, who had been there under Ben Howland. Couldn't figure it out, and Mick Cronin ends up with the job, and 24 months later, he he takes them from the first four into the final four. Can't say enough about that. So, again, Gonzaga-UCLA on Saturday. Houston and Baylor also coming on Saturday. Old Southwest Conference tussle there as well. I see the guys smiling. Do we have a quick, uh, a quick thought on uh, – I mean, Baylor looks the part uh, as a team that could give it to Gonzaga, but Houston may not let them get there, guys. Bill, you first. I mean, this is going to be an interesting first semifinal too. Yeah, it's great because you get the nice little battle of Texas, so there will be a little bit of a rivalry there, as you mentioned, the old w, uh, SWC days for them. Look, I think, again, I got to go with Baylor. I love what Kelvin Sampson has done down there after he had such a tough time of it, and really nobody wanted – you talk about UCLA a couple of years ago. Nobody wanted that Houston job either to be able to turn it around. He goes there, does an amazing job with them. 37 years later, they're back in the Final Four. I think it ends for them and UCLA both. I think we're going to get what we all probably thought or wanted to have happen, and that's Baylor-Gonzaga in the finals. Yeah. Ari? I can't really go off what uh, what Bill says there. I mean, uh, it's – you know, Houston probably had the weakest schedule, not only regular season schedule this year, but clearly had the easiest path to the Final Four. Look, it's never easy to win games in the, fi- right. in the NCAA tournament, one let alone, you know, several. Uh, but But – their path as far as uh, as far as uh, seating is concerned has been by far the easiest it may historically be the easiest path uh, at least from from a seating well, standpoint clear, i mean clearly here are the numbers they beat a 10 rutgers they beat a yeah. 12 they beat an 11 after that in syracuse and a 12 oregon state to get to the elite eight their last three games the combined seed is 33 on that ucla yeah. just beat a two and beat a one as we that's- like to say don't tell me that's the same thing that's right. not the same thing on that. Like, that's your point, Ari. That, that's yeah. That's my point. You know that. And look, like they 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 look great. I mean, I'm not saying they look great, and they played some. You know, as much as the the seedings don't really, the seedings to me are are relevant to maybe in the first round, but after that, you know, it's not as relevant to say. Uh, but I honestly, I, I go with. Uh, I mean, Baylor at this point, this is probably the best I've seen Scott Drew's team ever. Obviously, they he's never made the Final Four. It's been since the nineteen was it forties or fifties since Baylor's ever been in the Final Four. But but you know, Scott Drew's had some great, talented, athletic teams. They just never, I thought, had the basketball IQ. This team has this basketball IQ. They play under great. They don't waste possessions. It's just a team that really knows how to execute, especially when they were they gave up a huge lead and they still were able to hold it and crunch crunch down at the end there. Uh, you know, Houston has, has great athleticism and and some some kind of like a lot of uh, I like to call Swiss Army knife type players on that team. Um, but uh, to me, Baylor is just is just going to be too strong and too much for the old Southwest foe. 
Uh, Bill Rowland would like for the college basketball coast-to-coast audience to know he did not cover the Baylor Bears in the 1950 Final Four. We are not that old. That's the last time that they were there. Uh, UCLA last in the Final Four in 2008. That's the, the third of three when they were there three years in a row. Interesting that the run they started there with those Final Fours began 15 years ago in Indianapolis. And that run of Final Fours came at the expense of a Sweet 16 win over Gonzaga in an epic comeback, and the highlights are everywhere. I think Adam Morrison of the Zags is still laying at midcourt after that comeback 15 years ago by UCLA in the Sweet 16. Then I don't want to talk about them putting the sleeper hold on my Memphis Tigers in an awful regional final that I literally think finished 41-33 to or something like that. It was horrible for UCLA to get to the Final Four in 2006 guess who else was in the final four that year college basketball coast-to-coast audience the george mason patriots and we got the voice of the patriots on the program right now bill Rowland, take me back take me back to whatever you want to say and whatever you want to remember <laughs> 15 years later i mean let's talk about march 26th of 2016 i looked up the date and the win over top-seeded uconn to put George Mason into the Final Four, what do you remember? There's probably a flood of them, but give me some of the memories to make the Final Four with George Mason. Yeah, I'll start from from actually March 25th, the day before, which I think kind of planted the seed of them pulling off that upset. We had had, obviously, they do the media days where you have the open practice and then the locker rooms are open and you can go in and talk to both of the teams. And when the media, the national media, came in and talked to, to the Mason team, they knew everything about UConn. They knew about Josh Boone. They knew about Rudy Gay. They knew about Denham Brown. They knew everything there was to know about UConn and, and all the players. Well, when they went to talk to the UConn guys, they thought we were in the Patriot League. They didn't realize that we were the George Mason Patriots. They thought we were out of the Patriot League. They couldn't really talk about any of the guys. Well, when that showed up on ESPN, the players back at the hotel immediately start texting each other and be like, these guys don't know who we are. And they've told this story for years, and we actually just did a 15-year um, look back uh, for, for George Mason on the website. And that was one of the main things that each of the guys, when you talk to them individually, said it started the day before when we realized they had no idea. Even though we had beaten North Carolina, Michigan State, Wichita State, they didn't know who we were. They had no idea. So they actually, a, a group of those guys, the, the starting five, they weren't talkers on the court. They didn't say much. That game was the first time I actually saw them starting to interact a little bit with the UConn players and basically saying, do you guys know who we are now? Do you know where we're from? So the, the little bit, everybody always jokes about, you know, bulletin board material and you say, ah, it's overblown. 15 years ago, it wasn't overblown for those guys. They really took it to heart. And again, that was a UConn team, number one in the country that everybody believed was e-ticketed. Not, not unlike, let's say, what Gonzaga is believed to be right now for this year. And George Mason took it to him. And Ari, you were there working duties again, Sirius XM. We had already made plans to be at the Final Four uh, on Sirius XM uh, that year. And really, we know that Bill and George Mason were going to join the fray. You were courtside in the then-named Verizon Center. What do, what do you remember about George Mason pulling that off well you know first off you know i remember the 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 sweet 16 game against wichita state which uh you know really you know i had paid attention to 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 the tournament with george mason that year and if you recall they kind of were controversial pick to get into the tournament 
from the conference. A lot of people said, well, Hofstra should have made it at that year. And I, Bill, you remember that, right? And George Mason, I think, also probably took that with a little bit of, you know, took that with, uh, you know, some inspiration for them. Um, you know, you remember Skin had gotten suspended, I believe, uh, before for uh, one of the games in the tournament. Michigan State, the opening they, game, they, yeah. Correct. Right. Uh, and so, you know, and, and, and I remember watching that and then when they, I was like, okay, George Mason, look at a team that I've been familiar with. I remember when they had Paul ball, when they had Paul Westhead as the head coach years and years ago, and they would score 120 points and lose 140 to nah, that's kind of being <laughs> exaggerating, but, right. but they, you know, they, they weren't that good. Finally, you know, they got Larry Nega as, as, as the head coach, you know, and, and you starting to see this program develop. So I paid attention, you know, they come in there and this is at a time where, where Gary Williams is facing, a lot of heat at Maryland right so all of a sudden you get a team George Mason full with a lot of kids from Baltimore you know in, in the DC area uh you know that that come in that people are like why didn't Gary Williams recruit Fowler and Campbell you know and, and all of a sudden they're in there and they're playing Wichita State I remember that night watching that game and they pretty much I mean it was a close pretty much uh they I think they had the lead pretty much the whole game at least the, the vast majority of it they were in control of that game when I saw that and I saw how they were playing and how their offense was running I was like oh boy UConn better come they better come in this game because because George Mason is 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 determined to make it to the final. They're not coming here just just to to make the the local fans happy. They're coming here to go to the final four. Period. And then when you go into the locker room after that game, when I did and I started talking to players, I noticed that right away. Notice that right away. These guys are confident enough, you know, to go in there. And as Bill said, they went into there and the team, you know, even before people, you know, again chose the laziness of some of the members of the national media. Just do a little bit of homework. You know how hard. Is it? They have all of the Please. material there. They've got the material that even tells you they're in the CAA. You know what I mean? They have all of that stuff there. It tells them that the conference tournament information, all that there, it's there. There's thousands of pieces of paper when you go into the media room. So, so I'm glad that they did that. But I remember going in that that was one of the things. On, and then, and then when they did beat uh, UConn, I wasn't terribly surprised. And boy, what a home court advantage that was, Bill. You remember that place was rocking yeah. more than right. you know than anything <laughs> all right so bill you're on the air and they're, they're yep. trading blows with yukon at what point did you catch yourself and and say during a timeout during a pause we can win this game and we may be about to win this game at what point it's easy to say now but do you remember at what point did you start to believe we could win this and be in the final four bill Rowland? well i think late in regulation when they were going to the free throw line they had a chance it, it would have been a, a, a tremendous moment tony skin is at the free throw line and he shot over 70 percent on the year from there and you figured he hits these they sealed up it's a great storyline because he got suspended and they weren't sure if they're going to make it and he could seal the game up and he missed and that's when denim brown went down and made that reverse layup so i'll be honest with you tj i wasn't confident going into overtime like those guys were i thought oh man this is this is what happens to cinderella they get that close and then it strikes midnight and the number one seed runs away in overtime and that's not how it happened but i'll tell you what there were some media folks that were convinced that Mason was going to win in the second half. I remember at one time out, Michael Wilbon of the Washington Post, and of course ESPN, is sitting directly behind me. And at one point, there's a timeout. You know, Mason had come back and had the lead, and I take off my headphones and I turn around, and I kind of know Mike a little bit. And I looked at him, and he goes, you guys are going to do this. And I was like, you're crazy. And he's like, no, they got these guys. They got them. And so the media people, courtside, we're way more confident than I ever was. 
I didn't think they were going to wait until that ball hit the back rim and Lamar Butler grabbed it and the clock said zero in overtime. Other than that, I didn't want to, I didn't want to believe it myself to be let down if it didn't happen. So you kind of stick in that moment where you're like, you got to call this game and you got to make sure that your call is right because you cannot screw this up if they happen to win. Fortunately, uh, I go back and listen to it. And yeah, I did an okay job. I didn't screw it up. So, uh, you know, I, I don't think I was very confident until again, the, the, the zeros hit on the scoreboard. You're being very modest. He did a great job and he lost his mind as you should. I did. When George Mason made the final four in <laughs> overtime to beat UConn. As you hear the voice of Bill Rowland with me, uh, along with Ari Russell here on college basketball, coast to coast, we are reminiscing about the George Mason Patriots 15 years later, making the final four again, the forerunner, to the Butlers and the VCUs and the Wichita States making the Final Four. Mason did it first as an 11 seed back 15 years ago and made it to Indianapolis. Ari, pick up on this while we have a minute because you were down from Bill, down towards where the final shot missed and the Mason guys got the rebound. And then all of a sudden, the party and the celebration was right in front of you and right on top of the table that you were sitting at, correct? Where you yep. became concerned for your own safety when the bedlam was going on. Tell the story. Well, yeah, no, I mean, you know, it, it was it was kind of it was surreal because it was, you know, first off, I agree with 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 Mike Wilbon. I believe that they can do this. You know, it was actually just what had how they kept it so close. And then I started realizing that this UConn team, man, over like I, I, they just, you know, they didn't have it. They didn't have it in them. Like they just did not have it, you know, and it, uh, it always made me feel kind of something about Rudy Gay. And I think his pro career has shown it that he's a great talented player, maybe sometimes the most talented player on the court at times. But man, like he was, he was on a milk carton, you know, and in the overtime, he, he helped them definitely break that comeback there in the second half. He had some big shots, but when a ball came down to it, it wasn't in his hands, you know? Uh, but then, you know, these, these guys that no one's ever heard of all of a sudden, you know, they, they, you know, these were some ball players. They, they were jumping on, you know, I, I was so happy for them. I was so ha- I just loved that. I love the upset. I love the local guys, the guys that were kind of not, not huge recruits and counted out by the local Georgetowns and the Maryland's uh, and they're now they're in the final four in Georgetown and Maryland aren't anywhere to be found. Uh, and I was just so happy for them and happy for any of the, I have some friends that are alumni of George Mason. It was just really cool for, for the area uh, to, you know, to, to have that, uh, to have that, you know, that win and, and just seeing the, the, you know, the happiness of the players and jumping, you know, exciting with that big upset. It was just great to be there. Surreal. Again, I was in constant contact with Ari, not, not as much bill uh, after that, as I recall. And I know you told me Ari a couple times, like, you had to remind your. Did that really happen? Yeah. Did that really just happen on Sunday night and on Monday? Bill, I'm sure you probably had a little of that after it was over. After you had some time to decompress, did we really just beat the number one team in the country and we're going to the Final Four? What about it for you? Yeah, absolutely. I want to go back to something real quick that that Ari said about the UConn team not having it. The guys, Mason players, talked about that they weren't a team, and you could hear them arguing with each other. And you mentioned Rudy Gay disappearing. They kind of froze him out because he was yelling at Denham Brown during that game. Give me the ball. Give me the and Denham Brown. You look at the last seven, eight minutes of that game. Rudy Gay is not involved in what UConn was doing. It was amazing that they were just like, this guy's a jerk. I'm not giving him the basketball and cost himself a chance to win a national title. But anyway, yeah, going back to, to what you just asked, TJ. Yeah, you get back and they had a celebration back at what is now called Eagle Bank Arena. It was the Patriot Center back then. And there must have been 6,000 students 
that just showed up after that game and packed that place. And probably for at least an hour and a half, two hours, you just went in and, and there wasn't anything set going on. It was just the players were there and they went up in the this stands and intermingled. Night, right. This is this that is night. That yeah. This night. is yeah. after the game. We go back, you know, obviously it's only a 20 mile bus ride from what was the Verizon Center then. Um, and, and you get back and again, the students just showed up. And so they opened the doors. And so we're just in there and we're down on the floor and some of the students are down on the floor and the cheerleaders and everything. And you're just taking pictures with everybody and the trophies getting passed around. It was just unbelievable. And you get done with that. And we're like, wait a minute, what did we just do? And what was that all about? Cause that had never happened at Mason. We'd been in the tournament, but it never won a game before this run um, came close in 2001 as, as Ari will remember, you know, playing Maryland out in Boise and had them beat and, and lost the game late. So to, to go from that and then five years later, you're in the final four. It, you, yeah, you just sat there and went, this is unbelievable. And then the week leading up to it, they had so many media requests for Coach Laranega that they started to go down and they, okay, we can't give you Coach L, we'll give you an assistant. We can't give you this assistant, we'll give you this. And it finally got down to me and I literally had a spreadsheet where I had to know, okay, at 10 o'clock you're on in Arkansas. At 1020, you're going to be on out in you know New Mexico, whatever it was. I probably did 50 interviews just in the, wow. the days leading up wow. to Indianapolis. And I was on the way. I mean, Coach L was doing literally every 15 minutes for hours upon hours. He finally had to tell the sports information department, hey, I got to prepare for a game. I can't, you know, as much as I want to tell the story, I can't do this every day. Uh, what great stories. Reminiscing with Bill Rowland. Again, find him at Bill Rowland with an H, R-O-H-L-A-N-D, on Twitter, the voice of the George Mason Patriots, reminiscing about their 06 Final Four run to Indianapolis, where the Final Four is obviously, again, this year, 15 years later, 2021. Ari Russell, already with me, at Ari Russell uh, on SiriusXM. I got about three or four minutes left. Uh, I know the Final Four did not end in victory for George Mason, but it was a victory just to be there. Bill, give me, give me like 30, 40 seconds. What you remember about taking on Florida? I mean, it's the biggest stage in college basketball. What do you remember finally, real quick? Yeah, Florida was just a, a bad matchup for them because they were as athletic, inside with with Noah um, and then the shooters is what killed Mason in that game Lee Humphreys came out of the second half it was only a five-point game at halftime and he hit three consecutive threes and also got fouled on a three-point shot so he scored their first 10 points and it was lights out at that point Mason got it to nine uh, in the second half but never really threatened and that was again the first of the two back-to-backs for Florida so it was a great time it just was a, a horrible matchup I think if they had played LSU or UCLA in the semifinal I honestly believe they would have been in the finals, probably still lost to Florida, but I think they would have had a shot to get there had they not played Florida in the semifinals. Yeah, that Florida team was so good. They didn't lose a postseason game in 06 or in 07, obviously, the SEC tournament and the NCAA tournament running all the way through. Uh, What a moment, what a time to be around. I know Ari is going to be around with me because I ask him these stories all the time. He's going to be around with me later on in uh, in the weekend where we'll tell the story because, Bill, you went home with George Mason on the Sunday we stuck around, and the Sunday night is when the tornado warnings happen, and the tornado is coming through, and we're in the basement of the media hotel on Sunday night. So I'm teasing the story that we will tell again later in the weekend when we tell final four stories on college basketball coast-to-coast about how Coach Ari and I almost got killed before the national championship game, and it involves the debut episode of like season four of The Sopranos. It all intertwines. It all comes together. We'll tell that story later on in the week. 
Uh, Ari, one final one from you. A great run by George Mason. I keep saying the forerunner to the mid-majors like Butler, VCU, Wichita State, Loyola, Chicago. It stands out and stands the test now of 15 years. That was a great time, right, Ari? Oh, man, absolutely. And, uh, you know, back in Indianapolis this year, Final Four. So, uh, you know, we've got it going uh, again. So, uh, you know, now we've got two. Well, I would say Gonzaga is the mid-major. But at this point, you can't really call Gonzaga really a mid-major anymore because they've, you know, already made Final Fours, uh, Final Four. And, uh, you know, at this point, they're the, the by and far by leaps and bounds, the, the favorite to going into this one. So if they don't take down the nets, it's going to be actually a pretty big deal. You know, it's, it's an upset because not only that, because they're looking to, to, to knock off, uh, you know, Bobby Knight in the, uh, you know, as the only undefeated team ever. Uh, which well, I would love. I would love Mark because I'm not a big Bobby Knight guy. So uh, I would love to, to, to hit. If you and Gonzaga get it, hey, we should throw this in there while we're just yeah. relating it to the 2021 Final Four. The last two teams to get to the Final Four undefeated are Kentucky. Six years ago, I was there. They lost in Indianapolis. And then you yeah. go back to the 91 UNLV team undefeated into the Final Four in Indianapolis, Bill Rowland and Ari Russell. And they lost in the final four. What's going to happen the third time with Gonzaga coming up? We will find out. Boys, we have run out of time reminiscing here. Bill Rowland, plug away. Give me 15, 20 seconds where they find you, where they hear you. You're doing the Mason game. Social media, go. Yep. Uh, on Twitter, as you've mentioned, at Bill Rowland, uh, spell the last name right, R-O-H-L-A-N-D. And uh, that's the best way. Conversations there. Uh, always uh, enjoy talking to college basketball fans. You are the man uh, with all the George Mason memorabilia as uh, as we talk to you. Ari Russell at Ari Russell. Hold down the 40 in New York City. I know you got the new baby and everything, so some sleepless nights, but at least you've had March Madness to keep you occupied. Coach Ari, I always love reminiscing with you. We'll do this again, Ari and I, on Final Four weekend telling a story or two. Thank you, Ari, for now on College Basketball Coast to Coast. Thanks, TJ. Appreciate it. Love it. Love these boys. Again, my Sirius XM brothers from another mother from back in the day when Bill was working with us doing updates and Ari was making sure that I had some brains and could say something intelligent. I love that. Guys, thank you again. Find college basketball coast to coast in podcast form, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Search for it. College basketball coast to coast. Show streams top and bottom of the hour on TuneIn on the Tag Sports Group channel. We're done for now. The final four set for 2021 with Houston Baylor and Gonzaga UCLA. More on that later in the week on College Basketball Coast to Coast. Bye.